0: Have you ever heard of the old bait and switch? We're going to talk about that today on the program. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of our radio program and podcast. I am your host, Bob Bierman. In just a moment, I'm going to share with you a little story about bait and switch. I'm sure most of you have heard that term somewhere along the way. As we begin the program today, we are in Florida, and uh, I forgot just how, how warm it can be. We spent quite a bit of time over the past year and a half in Georgia, and you, you kind of forget after you've gone through a winter in the mountains and then a cool spring and a cool summer, and suddenly here we are in uh, in Florida, and this program is coming to you from the big city of Okeechobee, Florida. I'm at a location about 18 miles south of WRMI, the primary shortwave radio station. This this program is carried on uh, most afternoons and, and most evenings, Monday through Friday. And quickly on a personal note, this trip for my wife and I, we have some family things that we're looking forward to. At the end of this month, I am performing. I'm the officiant at the wedding for a daughter and I'm looking forward to that. It'll be not a very large event, but still a good time for family and friends, and we're excited about this. And and keep us in your prayers as we continue our time down here. So many things to get done, and I'll be talking about them a little bit later in the program today. Now, the term bait and switch, I'm sure many of you have heard the term before. It's where something is advertised and when you go to find that advertised item they don't have any and they try to talk you into something almost like it and at a pretty similar price but it really isn't what you're looking for but you don't want to go somewhere else so you end up falling for the bait and the switch now i've seen some some strange advertisements you know some of these used car dealers I've seen a few of them where they'll have this advertisement, only $5 down and $49 a month for this late model used car. And when you get there, you find out, well, that late model used car was actually in a flood and it has other issues and you really don't want this car. What you really want is this car here that's you know $500 down and $300 a month and it's going to be a better car. It's, it's a bait and switch. You're led to believe one thing, and when you get there, you find out it's another. Now, what's even worse with a bait-and-switch is when you think you're getting what you're paying for, and in reality, you're not. There's no disclosure. You find out that wonderful vehicle that you got for $49 down and $99 a month, it's a lemon. It doesn't drive. It's got more troubles than it's worth. And by the time you try to repair it, you could have bought a new car. Many of us have had similar experiences in our lifetimes. I know that I've only had a few, but they they sting. You know it and I know it. They hurt. Especially when you're young and starting out, you don't need expenses that are hard to um, to cover. We're not the government. We can't just print money. And you just can't keep going into debt. Well, one of the greatest bait and switches that I've ever seen in my life, and, and I suspected it when it happened, but I couldn't, I couldn't prove it at the time. Now, on the program, I mentioned my suspicions about this bait and switch. I want to take you back, oh, about a month and a half ago or so, back into the month of August, and we started getting news stories leaking out in the middle of the week that sometime next week, there's going to be a big announcement, a really huge announcement over at the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. And the uh, the leaked information, carefully leaked, I might add. So it was leaked in such a way that every news agency would pick it up. That after all this time of intensive research and testing, the Pfizer Corporation was going to be getting approval for their COVID-19 vaccine. Remember that? Remember how we were told, and it was going to be such an exciting time, to have this FDA-approved vaccine. No more experimental use stuff. We're going to have the real deal. And you can be confident, because the Food and Drug Administration is giving this vaccine its blessing. And so hurry up and... Get your COVID-19 vaccine, FDA approved. That's what you're being told. That's what the media kept telling you. The FDA has approved a Pfizer COVID-19 drug, a vaccine. And a lot of people who had been somewhat hesitant, well, they fell for the bait and switch. When I looked at the, and we shared part of the audio back in August from the the news conference that they had, they had this like Zoom phone conference uh, with some doctor and some other people talking about this. And and they didn't want to really take any questions. And as soon as they started getting any questions, oh, we have to wrap this up now, kind of like a Biden press conference. We got to move on. And so the impression was left and I watched some of the news On the major networks and I took a peek at CNN and even MSNBC and others and it was all exciting news from the FDA today. We now have a an FDA approved. This is no longer an experimental. We have an FDA approved COVID-19 vaccine. Aren't you excited? If you've been hesitant, hurry up and get your first shot today and come back in three weeks for your second for your second dose. But when I read it and they referred to a letter of authorization and I read the letter and it kept referring to a letter now this letter of I think it was August 23rd kept referring to a letter that Pfizer had received from the same person at the FDA on August the 12th. Well, nowhere in the packet for the for the press could I find that letter from August the 12th. It kept referencing uh, certain paragraphs in paragraph, uh, three, line two, uh, we're going to continue with that. And, and now this, for this new comorbidity, the, the new vaccine from Pfizer is approved and, and on and on it goes. But you couldn't find that original. I couldn't find it anywhere. I looked. I'm looking everywhere to find this, this letter from August the 12th. Finally, Finally, someone spent a lot of time. I had spent hours looking, in and I couldn't get to it, and someone else finally got to it. And when you take that letter, and you look at the letter that the public saw, just that one letter that references some certain things that'll be continued from the other letter, you suddenly realize you've been hoodwinked. You've been scammed. You've been lied to. It's a bait and switch. See, some people started getting suspicious. I did on day one. Of course, I don't trust some of the things that have been coming out of our FDA and our CDC. They have been loose with the truth now for a mm, year and a half, probably longer. And what really happened was the FDA apparently approved a vaccine made by Pfizer that you can't get. There, it's not out there yet. But the the one they have, because the letter stated that they'll continue the emergency use authorization for the existing Pfizer vaccine. (laughs) So when you go down to your Walmart or whatever to get your vaccine, you're not getting the new one. You're getting the one that's under emergency use authorization, which means... Which means, very simply, if you have an adverse reaction, if you get ill, if you become permanently injured, or if you die, you can't sue anybody. It's just too bad. That's the risk you took with an experimental use drug. And that was the bait and switch. I've talked to people that said, well, I think I'll get the Pfizer now because it's been FDA approved. I said, you better double check that. Ask if the label says Comirnaty, the new trade name. If it doesn't, you're not getting it. And read carefully any paperwork. You may find out that you're still getting the emergency use authorization vaccine. I spent a lot of time in preparing this program reading from numerous sources. And I want to thank you, the listeners, to this program. Um, that are constantly feeding me some good information and places to look, things to check out, things to do some research with. And I apologize, oftentimes you'll send me links to videos and some of those videos may be 30 minutes or an hour or an hour and a half long. And And frankly, I, I have a hard time finding the time to go through seven or eight or nine hours a day of videos. It's, it's impossible to do. I, I'm trying to get basically condense it down so I can put it together and, and make it a short story as part of this program to say that in this two-hour video, this doctor or this individual stated, and I, I need to be able to do that to give you a lot of information by going through multiple sources. And so, here we are. Here we are in the month of October And we are still using the emergency use authorized vaccines. And I I wonder if the same bait and switch will be done if Moderna or Johnson & Johnson uh, file for their, quote, approvals. Now, one of the things that was disturbing to me back in August, and it's still disturbing to me today, how in the world did they approve these vaccines at the FDA so rapidly? Wasn't it Dr. Fauci himself and others that stated last year that in April, maybe one of the few times in May and June when, when Dr. Fauci said, Oh, it'll, it'll be a year or two before they even have one. Then it's going to take more time to test it. And then to get it approved, it could take years. And, and we have to do this, that and the other, stay home, stay safe, wear a face mask, wear a five face mask. Um, Stay out of the sunlight, Uh, don't get any fresh air, don't go anywhere, Uh, don't go dancing, don't go to the grocery, don't go anywhere, just stay home. Let the delivery people bring you everything. Make Amazon rich. That was his solution back then. But now here we are today with the same Dr. Fauci that explained the process to approve a vaccine may take years, I mean. And I read an article last year from a very, shall I say, qualified physician. And he wondered how they would, you know, make this happen in in less than a year, stating, and he said, here are these statistics, because he'd been in this process in his work. He said, generally, when it comes to some kind of a new type of vaccine technology, it never makes it through all of the testing before they have to start over again. He said out of, you know, basically out of of all the testing, like 80% of all new vaccines fail during the trials and the test and they have to start over. Maybe 20% of anything makes it through over the years of study. Well, where are the years of study? We don't know Nobody can tell you with any certainty what is the long-term effect. And long-term effect is not four months or six months or a year. Long-term could be five years or or more. Especially with something that we've never done to people before in having our bodies generate a spike protein similar to the kind that's on the the COVID-19, well, the actual coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, and, and how our body's going to react. And, and their idea that it's working is that your body now is making antibodies to this spike protein. Okay. But what is the spike protein going to do if it leaves the delta area of the arm and goes to some other part of the body? Like blood vessels and other organs of the human body. What damage could they do? What's going to be the consequence in several years? Reading an article this morning, and some are beginning to wonder how this is going to affect population. And they're wondering, in the long run, will this cause any issues in human reproductivity, having children? Will some of these young couples who had the vaccine when they were 16 or 17 or 18, when they're 24 or 25, will there be a long-term damage to their ability to conceive children? Because there are some, shall we say, warning signs, it may be an issue. And we've never had the time to to prove it out. And so here we are with this experimental vaccine. Then reading about the Vaccine Adverse Reporting System, the VIRS system. And I find what I was reading today from actual people in the medical profession, some of the things that I'm finding are incredibly disturbing. How many of the incidents that occur with a vaccine really get reported? How do they determine if a a death was caused by the vaccine or not? I guess they expect you to die instantly when you get your shot. Then they might consider that a a COVID-19 vaccine-related injury or death. But What about a week later? Or 10 days later? What about young men who seem to be prone to coming down with heart issues in a matter of months? What happens if we start injecting children that are five years to 12 years of age to make the teachers unions happy that your child has been jabbed. And truthfully, what is the purpose of giving a child five to 12 years of age this vaccine? Well, the teachers unions would say, we just don't want the children infecting the teachers. So your child needs to have a vaccine so I don't come down with COVID-19. Here's the problem. Even if you are fully vaccinated, I don't care if it's Johnson Johnson, I don't care if it's Pfizer, I don't care if it's Moderna, overseas AstraZeneca and others. Even those that are fully vaccinated, as we are seeing in places that are ahead of the United States in having large parts of the population vaccinated, people are still testing positive. They're still shedding virus to other people, regardless if they're vaccinated or not. You can still get and you can still spread COVID-19. In fact, reading a few articles that I I can trust because these sources have been consistently right over the past 18 months. They're beginning to realize something. That vaccinated people can shed more virus load than many of the unvaccinated people. So what's the point? Why do we want to have our children take this particular vaccine? What are we really accomplishing? I mean, here's a, here's a disease that if a child should come down with COVID-19, If a child, we're saying 5 to 12, where they want to start giving the vaccine. If a child in that age group contracts COVID-19, their morbidity or their mortality or their chance of dying is 0.002%. But their odds of having an injury life-changing, life-altering, or life-ending is vastly higher than dying of COVID-19. So we are actually giving children an injection that will not stop them from spreading the virus to their teacher, their family, or other people if, in fact, they should contract it, which Children's immune systems are pretty potent devices and remarkably many children never show symptoms even if they come down with it and they fight it off rapidly. But with the vaccine they can be holding on to this viral load and be passing it around to other people. So what what is the point? Nobody and nobody wants to answer these questions. They give you the same stock answers. Well, it might loose, It might lessen your symptoms. It might make this or do that or do the other. But the longer time goes on, especially in so-called fully vaccinated countries like Israel, the more we're finding out these vaccines are total failures. They're not doing what they promised to do. You know, when I was a child, I can remember this, I guess I was like entering kindergarten, and I had my first polio shot. I was terrified of that needle. But see, in 1958, 59, in that era, those those vaccines had gone through many, many, many years of trials and testing to perfect them. And, you know, back then, if 50 people were to have died because of a vaccine, 50, they'd pull it off the market. 50. That was the benchmark, sometimes even less. 1976, swine flu. The swine flu vaccine is being pushed out there. I can remember it really well. I think Gerald Ford was president, and everybody was supposed to go get their swine flu shot. And then you know, I was considering getting it. And what did I know? I'm I'm a newlywed guy, and I'm I'm working at a radio station, and you know, everybody says, "Hey, take this," and you won't come down with the swine flu. About the time I was going to take it, they pulled it off the market. They suddenly stopped administering it because I think 30 people had had serious reactions or death to that nationwide. 30, and so the swine flu vaccine. Disappeared overnight. The CDC will admit to 15,000 people have died from these vaccines. 15,000. Now, with what this one doctor shared, and I thought it was rather telling, the difficulty in filing anything on the system. It is extremely time-consuming, Let me tell you how this system works. I did not know this until the other day when I read this article and the person thoroughly explained the process. If you're a doctor, it could take you about a half hour to fill out this report, a half hour, and you do it online. So let's say you're in your office and you're typing in uh, all this stuff. You have to have... Uh, the batch number. You have to have all kinds of stuff you may not have access to. So if you should stop and pause for a moment to go get the information, by the time you get back to your computer, it times out and you have to start over again. Have you ever been on a website where you're trying to fill something out and the whole thing disappears and you got to start over? If you're a doctor and you're busy enough with all the insurance required paperwork and all the the charts and everything that's got to be done, you're putting in long hours as it is. You don't even have as much time to see your patient because you have so much paperwork to satisfy the insurance companies and the government regulations. And now you want to fill out this adverse report. As this particular physician's assistant stated, I filled out two, but I should have filled out hundreds because the system kept going offline, dropping the report. It was too difficult to get all this stuff together. And then half the time when you'd send it in, well, we don't think it was. Well, they have never investigated. And so many doctors that would fill this thing out have decided they've thrown their hands up in disgust. They're saying, we're not doing this. It's a waste of time to fill this out. Let's say you had five patients today that had an adverse reaction, you have hundreds of patients coming through your practice and you got five, do you have two and a half extra hours to fill this out and have all the material together and in the event your cell phone rings or you're interrupted and it times out and you got to start over again? Are you going to start over again on that process, filling it out step by step, line by line? The system was designed to discourage people from reporting an adverse reaction issue, or death. They don't want to know. And if you manage to get your your filing online done, then they want to challenge it. They want to say, well, maybe it isn't. How do you know? And so I'm reading from so many locations, so many doctors that have said, I give up. They just don't want to know. And I don't have the time or the resources to do this. And now you've got these hospitals saying, well, we only want the vaccinated in our hospital. Why? These same people went through the whole thing since last year. They were on the front line. Many of them came down with COVID-19 and recovered. And now they have natural immunity that is 27 times higher than, than any stupid shot you can give them. But no, we want, there's, there's delusion going on here. If you have a nurse that was successfully working the COVID wards for the last 16, 17, 18 months, and now you're demanding that nurse be vaccinated, even though, oh, last November, that nurse was out of work for several weeks because, just like one daughter of mine, had COVID-19. I have a daughter that recovered from COVID-19, a son-in-law that recovered from COVID-19. Why do they need to take an experimental vaccine that may cause long-term issues? Why are we doing this? And why did the FDA, this is my real anger, why did the FDA put together this, what's the word I'm looking for? This dog and pony show to pretend we now have a an approved vaccine that you're getting when you're not getting it the FDA willfully, carefully, and skillfully lied to you and the American people, and the Biden administration sat there on the sidelines and smiled. Michelle Walensky at the CDC just said, see, now we have an approved vaccine, so hurry and get yours today. Why? I keep asking myself, why? Why? I observe a lot of things. When I worked in emergency management last year for several months, I was keeping tabs. I was preparing for what we were told. Remember when we were told we need 15 days to flatten this curve because we're we're about to be overrun at the hospitals. We're about to be overrun at the mortuaries. And so in this county that I worked at, can't tell you where, but where I worked at, I signed a non-disclosure. I prepared for 3,000 people to be dead by mm, July of last year. 3,000. You know, end of June, July, maybe as late as August. 3,000. We are looking for refrigerated trucks. We're looking for generators to keep those trucks running. We're finding places to hide them so they're not so obvious in that county. We're working with with colleges, and universities to find rooms to convert into hospital rooms for hundreds and hundreds of overflow patients. I've got pictures of these massive trucks unloading all of this material, getting everything ready. And here we were by the middle of April ready for this massive onslaught of people dying people getting sick people needing to go to the hospital and so the big hospital in that town they would come to they had a person that would come to the emergency operations center the EOC and I get the daily statistic report and I'm I'm thinking wait a minute this is a hospital that's got like six stories it's huge it's massive and they've they've laid off two thirds of their staff. They have entire wings shut down. Where's all the overflow? We have all this money that this county spent eight million dollars in prepping. None of it was ever needed. Not a, not one extra bed that we put in was ever needed. Not one truck was ever needed to store bodies. None of it. None of it was ever needed. When the end of the summer came, this is a large county, there weren't 3,000 dead people. There were 30. And of that 30, mm, several were very questionable if they were really COVID-19 deaths or not. And so before I left, I was starting the dismantling of all of this stuff that we had put together. For this COVID-19 onslaught. We're going to need to get all these extra medical people trained up and spun up from every, anywhere we can get them. And they're laying off people because hmm, no elective surgeries. Nobody having cancer treatments. Nobody doing anything. And the hospitals are not overloaded. I can remember, I'm waiting for this patient count of like 100 COVID patients. I have four. Maybe Seven. It was getting ridiculous. New York, they sent the USS Mercy. I think that's the name of the ship. This big hospital ship never got used. They set up all this stuff at the Jacob Javits Center in Manhattan to have thousands of people. They had just a handful. And yet, here we are today screaming, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Social distance, wear three face masks. It's never gonna end, and there's a reason, and we'll talk about that after the break. wanna remind you that you're listening to the program Truth to Ponder. And as much as we end up doing a lot of news stories on this program to bring you information, we're really a faith-based program, trying to provide hope in this very darkening world, shining a light of truth. I do this program gratis. In other words, I don't get paid to do this program. God has taken care of my personal needs. But the airtime and some of the other expenses are, you know, they do get into our, our limited budget. That's why we ask you if you can help at all in paying for the airtime. We've been very blessed with the amounts we're being charged for the airtime. I've been in this radio business a long time. And so I'm thankful you know, for how God has just given us such wonderful stations to be on. And I'd love to know which station you're listening to. I know we have listeners in Delta, Utah. Um, I'd love to hear from you on AM 540. I know we have a, a growing audience on KVOH out of Simi uh, Rancho, California, on 9975 kilohertz shortwave at night, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific time. And of course, WRMI, Monday through Friday, we're on at, this is Eastern time, five in the afternoon on a frequency of 5950 and at 6 p.m. on 9395. And then Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, again at 10 p.m. on 5950 kilohertz. And I'm working on expanding that. That's part of what we're doing in Florida over the next several months. And I'll be sharing a little bit more in the days and weeks ahead. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be late for the break, I know, but this is worth telling you. Back earlier this year, I had the opportunity of acquiring some equipment that could facilitate making this expansion of shortwave possible. This equipment was manufactured by a company that I worked for way back when in design and building of transmitters and, and associated equipment. And there was a radio station in South America that had this gear that would, it would be ideal for what we're trying to do in Okeechobee to add some you know, frequencies. And I could get this thing at, a, at an incredibly reduced price. But we had to ship it from South America to North America. And I was starting to get nervous in, um, in June when I sent the large amount of money. My wife and I, we... We, we decided to front the expense on this from, from our, one of our you know, retirement funds and get it started. And I started getting very nervous as we began to have ship you know, worldwide shipping issues. And, and I read an article about a shipping container shortage from South America. Oh, boy, here we go. Well, the item was delayed about a month getting on the boat, but it finally got on the boat. Then it traveled all the way to New York first. It was unloaded in New York, put on a train back to Miami. Don't ask why they do it that way, because the boat actually stopped in Miami later, but that's just how they do things. I guess it was picking stuff up, not dropping off. Everything came off the boat in New York. And then I had to deal with customs and everything else over these weeks, and you know, more expenses, more issues, and I had to get the stuff then shipped from Miami, to Okeechobee. Everything arrived safe and sound. And now the global shipping crisis could cause shortages of all kinds of things worldwide. God put his hand of protection on this equipment and it made it unscathed and we're thankful. And I'm gonna begin to work with this stuff over the next couple of weeks and I'll tell you more about it later. If you believe in our work, would you consider helping us? We'll be getting our mail. Um, If you've been sending it to this address we're using in Florida, the mail should be catching up with me by the end of this week. And we'll be on a regular schedule then. Our mailing address, you can make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is 5753 Highway 85. That's 5753 Highway 85 North Number three, two, four, eight. I know it's a lot of numbers and I apologize, but didn't have a whole lot of choice. Once again, five, seven, five, three, highway 85 North number three, two, four, eight. That's three, two, four, eight. And the city is Crestview. C-R-E-S-T-V-I-E-W, Crestview, Florida. Three, two, five, three, six. That zip code again, three, two, five, three, six. I know we're late for the break but we'll make it worth your while when you get we get back
1: this is truth to ponder with bob beerman the food of royalty coming up shalom Alechem. this is the nice jewish boy jonathan Kahn. your jewish connection bringing you the riches of your jewish roots in jesus now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment now in the beehive here's a lesson all the larvae it's exactly the same, but what they become depends not on what they have, but or what they are, but what they eat, or what they feed on. If they eat royal jelly, then they become the queen. If they don't eat royal jelly, then they become just regular. It has nothing to do with what they were born as, it's what they eat. So, in the same way, you two, you might think you're just a certain way, you're a scared person, you're a depressed person, or you're a fearful person, or you're a a sinner. Well, yeah, that may all be true, or a bitter person, or a carnal person, or a fearful person, or an ungodly person. Yeah, yes, but here's the thing. What matters now is not what you were, but who you become in Messiah as you partake of salvation. It's what you become, and you become what you eat or what you partake in. If you partake in what is royal, you become royal. If you partake in what is divine, you become as of the divine nature in God. If you take the food of righteousness, you become righteous. You see, it's all God. If you partake of the food of love, you become that. Whatever you partake of, you partake of the world, you become worldly. But if you partake of Messiah, the bread of life, you become Messiah-like. So stop looking at what you are. Start looking at what he is and partake of that. It's true of bees. It's also true of believers. If you partake of the royal food, you will become a royal creation. Want more? Ask for the honeycomb. Now, how'd you like to move mountains? Well, and do super things in the Lord. Well, you can. Sapphire is the super spiritual supplement for a super spiritual life with God. Plus the incredible mystery of the temple doors is all free. How do you get it completely free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua. And you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1 800 Yeshua 1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1 800 Y E S H U A 1. Now, I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. How? Just call 1 800 Yeshua 1, and you'll have a great part in the end time harvest. That's Y E S H U A 1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the Nice Jewish Boy Box 1111 Lodi, L O D I. New Jersey 07644 it's a nice Jewish boy it's box 1111 Lodi L-O-D-I New Jersey 07644 well until next time this is Jonathan Khan saying partake of what is good the bread of God Shalom alechem in Messiah Lechem Chaim the bread of life
0: this is truth To Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Tuesday get together here on Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I had a chance to actually listen to a bit of yesterday's broadcast, and I could tell that I was tired. I could tell that I was upset because of some of the news stories I've been reading over the last couple of days, and I hadn't been on the air because we had to pre record some of last week's programs. And I'm more calm today and thinking rationally. And and some thoughts crossed my mind. When you look at, I don't want to talk much more about COVID per se today, but by now, there's some absurd things coming out of this White House in Washington, D.C. here in the United States. Now, I know if you're in Australia, there's some absurd things happening in your country as well concerning COVID-19. Absurd things in Canada, all over the world. Just, it's like they've gone nuts all at once trying to erase a man-made virus that should never have been made to begin with. And here we are today. The world is having to deal with a man-made crisis. And it's not global warming. It's a virus. And it's had an impact all over the world on people's health. People have died. People are sick. People have lost their businesses. They've lost a lot. They've, been lo- they've lost their sanity in some cases having to wear these face coverings for no apparent legitimate scientific reason except we're told to do so. Right now you got 2,000, about 2,500 colleges and universities here in the United States. They're forcing students to get the COVID vaccine. Even those, there are some students that are online, online students being told you can't even be an online student at certain colleges, unless you get the COVID nineteen vaccine, why? Why are they demanding that students who are healthy get this vaccine, even to attend online classes? Makes no sense. And this, you know, vaccine mandate across America is just getting out of hand. You've got the Biden administration just. Forcing and, and threatening companies of 100 employees or more that everybody must be vaccinated or we're going to start fining you big dollars. a matter of fact, in this infrastructure bill are massive fines for companies that hire unvaccinated workers. You need to write your congressman and senator and say, no, you cannot allow this to happen. This has got to stop. This has gotten out of hand. There is no legitimate reason for vaccinating young people under the age of 30. Some countries have already figured it out. Some countries are now no longer administering the vaccine to anybody under 30 because the danger of the vaccine vastly outweighs what little benefit, if any, the vaccine might provide to that person under that age. But the health issues because of the vaccine could be deadly. When will our government officials figure that out? There's a lot of money involved. Billions of dollars are at stake for these these manufacturers of these concoctions. And I'm very troubled. I'm very troubled by this, that money is, is becoming the driving motive for getting everybody vaccinated. You've got these school unions demanding students. They're wanting... Five-year-olds to be vaccinated with this stuff. We don't know what this vaccine will do to a five-year-old when that five-year-old turns 16 or 20 or 25, if they live that long. Do we have to have loss of children over the next 10 years to realize we made a big mistake? Is that what we want to do? Is there a real need for this? And the vaccines are fading out over time. Israel, they're talking fourth, maybe fifth booster. And now when you look at those that are in the hospital in Israel, they're they're mostly vaccinated people in the hospital with COVID. It absolutely is absurd. Then you have school boards with their mask mandates for little children. I'm sorry, but this, scaring little children and, and making them live in fear is not good for their their growing up, their psychology, their well-being. None of what they're asking children to do in schools makes any sense whatsoever. If a teacher believes in the vaccine and they have chosen on their own to take it to protect them, why should they demand a young child take it to make them feel better about themselves? If they don't believe the vaccine will work and everybody else has got to take it for to, to protect them. It makes no sense at all. None of it does. We're living in this very absurd time. And then you have these same school districts. You know, I was thinking back. 1977 is when a lot of federal money began to roll into the public school system. Have the schools gotten better since 1977? In terms of education, oh, maybe the buildings are nicer. Maybe they got bigger football fields. They might have some more toys to play with. But is the quality of the education that students are getting today any better today than it was prior to 1977? And I was thinking the other day, I got an email from a company called classmates.com. I signed up for them years ago. I've not been a customer in ages. They keep trying to get me to come back. And I'm thinking when I saw the email from classmates.com, look at one of your fellow students from 1970 or 71, 72. And I'm thinking about the education I received in a public school in a small county in upstate New York. And what was required of me to graduate high school how much English I had to take, how many math courses and science courses were required, social studies was required. And, and, you know, on and on it goes. Many took foreign languages. I took Latin. Not that it really did me any good in life, except I can understand certain words um, in medicine and, and in the legal world and even the theological world. That helps a little bit. But I'm thinking about, The way I was taught 50 some odd years ago, 50 years ago, I will say the teachers that I had, I may have not appreciated all of them at the time that I was in school way back 50 years ago, but I wish I could go back and thank many of them today for the education they instilled in me. I can remember an English teacher early on in my high school years. My spelling was atrocious, terrible, but I was good at math. And this teacher explained to me that people that are good at math oftentimes have a difficulty in spelling because a person that does mathematics has a logical mind. And the English language, she said, frankly, is rather illogical. The rules have many variations and you can break many rules. And she said you tend to spell phonetically because it's logical to you to spell that way. And she did say though but your writing when you write something the content of what you write is excellent. If your spelling was on par with your your talent in writing you'd have it made. She worked with me and I I learned the hard way, how to spell words that I, I just had to learn and memorize, how to spell certain words that were illogical to me and just get used to it. I had a, an English teacher in my senior year, and this English teacher really taught us how to think on our own, how to stand up for what you believe, not what you're told to believe. Now think about that for a second. This high school teacher taught us how to think logically realistically, when you read something that somebody wrote or even look at a, a film or, or hear lyrics of a song, how to, to break down what is being communicated. And also how to, if you believe in something, how do you debate it? How do you back it up? If you can't debate something that you think you believe in, how do you know you really believe in it? Which is a good question. And and that teacher taught me how to think, how to analyze and figure things out on my own. I don't remember anybody when I was in high school, anybody, telling me what I had to think about a particular issue or topic. I was never told that uh, this is the only way you're allowed to act, to think, and these are the words you're allowed to say. Never happened to me in high school. Never happened to me in tech school. Never happened to me in college. It was a different world when I went to school, though I, could, I can look back now and I can see the leftist influence coming into the school systems later on, especially in college. It hadn't worked its way into high school at that point. But today I'll talk to somebody that has graduated high school. And certain basic lessons of history they don't even understand, they're not acquainted with, they never heard about. They know nothing about. It, who, who bombed Pearl Harbor at the beginning of World War II? Many students cannot answer that question. They don't know. They simply don't know anymore. And now you have these schools trying to talk about white supremacy and critical race theory, which is based on a bunch of nonsense that is not even historically accurate. That this country was founded in 1619 to be a slave nation—that's all we're here for. It was for perpetual slavery. It's not even accurate, not one bit. And yet, this is what we're being fed to our students. And if you're white, well, then you have privilege, and you have this, and and you need to disavow your whiteness. And I, I, it's just—it is brainwashing children to hate themselves in this world and to allow all types of oddball behavior to be accepted and mainstreamed, which make no logical sense. Transgenderism is a new thing. And we now have these advocates trying to explain that, well, you know, three and four year olds, you know, they, they, they may really be a a girl in a boy's body or a, or a or a boy in a girl's body, or whatever the case may be. And we need to, to help them in their transition. This is mental illness. This is, this is creativity of a child's mind being allowed to be, become reality. Look, when I look back at my grandkids in particular, they wanted to be dinosaurs when they're age three or something like that. I mean, They don't understand human sexuality or any of it, yet that is being foisted and pushed on young children every day. They're being raised in an immoral and illogical, sin-filled world. And they're being told to accept this stuff or else. Parents are going to have to begin to do their job. How do you fight back on this? And I'm thinking the other day, somebody wrote something. What would happen if all the parents that went to these school board meetings that now are being threatened, being considered domestic terrorists, funny, you can burn down a courthouse or try to set it on fire in Portland, Oregon. That's peaceful protesting. But you dare criticize a school board in in Loudoun County, Virginia, and many, many, many others around the nation. And somehow you're now a domestic terrorist that the FBI needs to investigate and look at your social media postings. There was one one mother criticized the school board and she wasn't nasty, never used vulgarity, didn't scream at them, was not unhinged, just made it very clear that she thought what they're proposing to teach their children and the mandates for COVID-19 that have no basis in science, she was saying these are unacceptable to me as a parent for my child. This is a mother. And God loved this mother for standing up for her child in this school district. So what did the school district do? Well, this school, this mother happened to work at a at a bank in, in that community. And somebody in the school administration figured that out, that she worked at this bank. Not sure exactly what her job was, you know, one of the, not a, not a teller, but somebody that worked in customer relations, like a loan officer or people that help you with some of your banking needs. And so what did they do in retaliation? Because she dare come to a public meeting to people that were elected who are paid by the public and they and she asked as a mother for accountability and to explain why they're teaching some of this absurd nonsense, why are they having these absurd rules for her children, what did they do? They went to the bank and threatened to withdraw the school's account from that bank unless the bank fired that woman. And the bank caved, and they did. They fired this individual because she dared speak her mind as a mother in a polite rationed, and reasonable approach in a public school meeting. This is the absurdity we're coming down to in America. This is craziness. This is fascism. This is communism. This is literally what Germany was doing in the 1930s and the first half of the 1940s. And the Soviet Union and China, North Korea, any communist nation, they shut down a dissenting opinion. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't have your passport, then you can't go to this restaurant, you can't go to this venue or that, and you're just limited to certain things in certain places. When is America going to stand up or have we reached the point where the majority have gone crazy? They're delusional and they're believing every lie they're being fed. But here's what I would think. Let's say just in raw numbers, let's say that we have, oh, 20% of the nation, 20% decide we're not sending our children to your school any longer. Well, they're going to lose a lot of state revenue, a lot of federal revenue as these kids are pulled out of that school system because there's not those not many kids there. It's going to take parents exiting this secular sinful system and making it clear we cannot have our children raised this way we're going to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the lord we cannot allow the schools to come in there and undo everything you're doing in your home the schools are not your not the parents to your children they're not the guardians of your children they're not the deciders of what's good for your child your child is not their property, and that's how they feel about it. They feel these kids belong to the schools and not to you. And if you question them, they want the federal government to step in and call you a terrorist. They want you fired. They want you canceled. This idea of this cancel culture of the last several years is becoming louder and noisier and more dangerous by the month. Christians have got to say we're exiting the system. We're going to build our own system and get our kids out of the public schools. We don't need to use certain banking institutions that have become so woke, let them go broke. That's my attitude. If you, want to go, if you want to be a corporation and buy into Pride Month and silliness, then we don't need to deal with you. And maybe, maybe money will talk to some of these companies. They're only doing this for the money, not because they believe in any of this stuff. It's always about the money If you had the power what would you do? Maybe you can share your ideas with me. You can either write me with regular mail or you can email me. I have a very easy email address to get directly to my inbox. Only I read them. And that is my first name Bob at truth2ponder.com That's Bob at truth2ponder.com. We need to, as the Bible says, come together and reason together. We have to find solutions to this problem. We can't just say it's in God's hands and watch the world just rapidly deteriorate around us. If we are the salt and light of this world, let's begin to act like it. Don't send your child into the public school system thinking that they can be your salt and light in that school They're not old enough. They don't have the power. We as parents and adults need to get involved. You know, only 10% of the voters ever go out to decide who's going to win a school board election. Maybe it's time that they see their job disappearing and real people that care about kids taking those jobs. If you believe in the ministry, you can help us out. Our mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth,
1: the number two, ponder.com. Truth.